Hello everybody and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week we're going to be going over our Halloween episode with Myrcel the Pretender. So, hello everybody and welcome back. Uh, this is Jason, also known as Wolfie Star, I guess. I don't know why. It's been a little bit since I've done a last episode, so I can't really remember how I usually start off videos. Uh, a little bit about my week in Magic. So, yesterday I was actually able to play three games of Commander on Play EDH. They all went pretty well. I just got my new computer, I just got my new camera. So I'm all set for that kind of thing. Uh, I'm doing a D&D game this week as well, so I guess we'll see how that goes. It's my first time playing D&D 5th Edition, so hopefully it's good, but you never know. But my games went pretty well. Uh, this week I played one game with... Oh, i got to figure out the decks again. So I played one deck with Omnath, uh, Locus of Creation. I just finished that deck. It was okay. Uh, you ended up finding out that a lot of the... Enter the battlefield and land triggers doesn't really stack past three with gaining the four life, the mana, and then dealing the four damage. I found myself having more landfall triggers without having anything to do and no way to generate card advantage, really. There's a bunch of ways to generate card advantages in the deck, but the next game I actually came up against the blue-red-green Omnath. And I didn't realize the second line of text was, if you have eight or more lands, every time you make a landfall, you draw a card. Uh, that guy was actually able to ramp out pretty quickly and draw extra cards. What ended up happening, though, is he made himself too much of a threat, where with this Omnath, I don't think I made myself too much of a threat. I ended up losing that first game uh, to an Alenda deck. They just comboed out and were able to get out a Sacrifice Trigger and a way to reduce mana. And we lost that game. But that was like turn four or five. The next game I ended up playing... I ended up playing the Neutristani, the Populate one that you gain life. That game actually went a lot better for me. I ended up getting up to about 140 life and killing the other Omnath, the Rug Omnath player, who was in the game before that too. I got up to that massive amount of life. I had an Angelica Cord out. I had a way to keep producing... And gaining life. I had authority of the councils out. My other two opponents, one was playing a the uh, fairy girl that whenever you play an artifact or enchantment, you make a fairy. And the last opponent was playing a human's deck with the partner, the cat and the girl partners. What ended up happening is I ended up having to kill the Omnath player because he had gone off with a Avenger of Zendikar without having a haste enabler, and he had 20 lands on turn 8. So we were able 
to get in with the Flyers, and then everybody kind of worked on him to kill him before his turn came around. And he was a good sport about it, which was good. Then I had to go, I had a choice between going after the Alenda player or the Humans player. I think it's Alenda. I don't know if it is, but that's okay. Tell me if it is if, or if it's not. So I ended up going after the fairy, fairy guy <laughs> because I just knew I wasn't going to be able to get in with the Flyers if he got enough tokens in. So I ended up taking him out. And then it was just me and the human player. So I thought I was going to win. I thought I had it in the bag. I was swinging at him. He was down to two life. He ended up casting the new Mardu ultimatum. And it just blew me out of the water. I was, it was so insane. I was so happy that that happened just to see that card go off. It was because I really want to play that card more. I think I'm going to end up playing it in every deck that can support it because it's like your, it's like your Cyclonic Rift, but they don't get a chance to build back from it. So ended up doing that. He played a shared animosity and ended up whittling me down real quick down to from 140 to zero life. So he ended up winning that one. And then the third game. What did I play? What did I play? Oh, huh. Oh my God. I can't believe I forgot this because I wanted it to be a quick game. So I ended up playing my goblin. Uh, Warp, Goblin Ante? The Warp Mother. Ha! Huh. The one that can return creatures from your graveyard, or goblins from your graveyard at the beginning of your upkeep. Uh, I, I ended up winning that game, and we'd all agreed that it was going to be a quick game. I, the Anawan, the new rogue guy, he ended up milling my Muxus, and I was able to get Muxus back with the with the warp mother or with the uh with my commander i got it back into my hand and for the rest of the game i think i cast muxus three times and it was devastating each time i got at least four goblins off of it and that's the reason i don't play it at the head of my deck because if i played it at the head of my deck one i might not be able to cast it again two i find it to be kind of unfair like each time i was able to get a haste enabler maybe they were just really good hits but I was able to get a haste enabler and some kind of payoff goblin. And we were able to get in there and eventually kill everybody at the table in one swing. Um, there were times when I could have killed one person. But I just kept thinking, I was like, I can't kill one person because I can't handle the flyers uh, and the unblockable creatures from the Anawan deck. So I kind of let everybody play it out and kind of played down how much of a threat I was. But anyways... Those were my games this week. Let's get on to the deck. Like I said, this week we're going to do, be doing Mirsel the Pretender. Now, this isn't going to be like a normal Mirsel uh, the Pretender deck for the simple fact that I'm not going to be probably playing a lot of combos that I'm aware of. If you find them, please comment and tell me because that'd be great. But I've always wanted to build a Halloween-themed EDH deck. Having Because I've seen All Hallows' Eve, I picked up All Hallows' Eve, which I was super happy about. Uh, I've seen Witches' Season, all these different cards that really give me the Halloween theme. And since we're coming up on that season, I thought we might want to do it. Or on that holiday, I thought we might want to do it. So, let's get on to a little bit about the deck. Okay, I hear you, but I don't see you. Where are you? I am Madame Leota. 
Fear of all. Voice to the spirits. Whom do you seek? Hey, what are you doing? Let me out of here! Silence! Whom do you seek? I am seeking a way out of here. Then you must look within. I don't want to look within. I want to look without. Are you deaf? There is great evil in this house. A devil's curse. It seeks to destroy you. Why would something seek to destroy me? Look, I'm just here to sell the house, okay? Our spirits from the grave come forth. Lift us from the black. And show us. Show us the way back. Dark spirits? Hey, no dark spirits. Don't you make no dark spirits come out. Lift us. Lift us up to the light. And lead us through this stormy night. So I'm just going to read a little bit of the history behind Miracell real quick so that I enjoy the lore part of it anyways. Uh, I'm just going to be reading off of the wiki page if you want to follow along or if you just want to read it on your own and skip this part. So Miracell, known as the Pretender, was a powerful or power-hungry wizard who was a member of the Conclave of Mages during the post-Brothers War Dark Ages of Dominaria. History. Lord Ith was the ruler of the conclave until Mircel usurped his power and imprisoned him below the cavern's citadel, installing himself as the first among the equals. <laughs> first among the equals. <laughs> Ith's cage was created by Ballard. It was made of water silver and hung directly over a bottomless pit, siphoning off his mana and driving him mad. If Lord Ith hadn't managed to summon a ragman, the cage would have killed him. The ragman eventually led the power young wizard Joda to Ith, who could free him. Ith was among Ith was almost completely mad by this point and destroyed both Marcel and the conclave before Joda was able to cure his mind. However, Marcel had imbued his life with a small ruby ring, and his essence survived for the next two thousand years. The artifact was found during the Ice Age by a soldier named Lindul, who gained vast necromancer, uh, necromancic? necromantic abilities thanks to the power of the ring. In the service of Lesherak, he terrorized Ice Age's Tesseris, I have, I'm bad with names, with undead hordes until being defeated by an alliance between Keldor and Balduvia. Because Joda was magically still alive, the spirit of Marcel attempted to take over Lindul so that he could use the necromancer's powers against his academy. Before the or before this was possible, Lesherak, seeking extra power himself, cut off the necromancer's hand with the ring. The pretender was plunged into darkness once more. The ring finally the ring's final wearer was a task mage named Jaya Ballard. Ha, ah, Jaya Ballard. Joda's trusted confidant. Marcel spent the next decade poisoning her mind, eventually willing her to betray her master and slip and slit his throat. Holy jeez. But Joda fought back, managing to ignite Jaya's planeswalker spark with his magical mirror. Jaya ascended, and the energies it released destroyed the ring and eradicated all traces of Mircil's soul. So that's just the history, a little bit, a quick synopsis of Mircil. Mircil. Marcel. Marcel. So with that, let's go on to the deck tech. Boo, 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 boo. I don't know why I did that. Sorry. Okay. Anyways, here we go. Wednesday is an excellent student, but frankly, I'm concerned. You see, this is our class bulletin board. This month, our theme is our heroes, people we love and admire. 
You see, Susan Ringo has chosen the president. Isn't that sweet? And Harmony Fell has picked Jane Pauley. Have you spoken to her parents? But Wednesday brought in this picture, Calpurnia Adams. Wednesday's great Aunt Calpurnia. She was burned as a witch in 1706. They say she danced naked in the town square and enslaved a minister. Really? Oh, yes. Don't worry. We've told Wednesday, college first. Isn't he adorable? So, Marcel the Pretender. One blue, black, red, 4-4, four, four, legendary creature, human, wizard. Uh, when Marcel the Pretender enters the battlefield, you may exile an artifact or creature card from your hand or graveyard and put a cage counter on it. Marcel has all activated abilities of all cards you own in exile with a gauge counter on them. You may activate each one of these abilities only once each turn. So really I'm playing him for the colors. I'm also playing him for the theme just for the idea that this is the guy that's telling you to put the lotion on your skin. He's looking in the art. I would suggest if you can look on the architect page with me because in the art, he's looking down at you as though you're in a hole and it's just this, oh, this man is not going to let me go kind of look in his eyes and putting people in cages, very horror-like theme, I always thought. So, but th I've decided to go with Grix's colors for this deck. Uh, with this section, I have, I have about 10 different sections covering different types of monsters that we see, uh, different types of Halloween themes that we see around this time of year, um, ranging from vampires to cosmic horror that all show up in the magic universe. So let's get into it. Let's start with some of our classic monsters, uh, the vampire. He awakened. Yellow, yeah, it is back. I think it is the large. Being a vampire's familiar is like being a best friend who, who's also a slave. So in the vampire section, we have Angie, Falconrath, one black, red, one three. Haste, discard a card, draw a card. Uh, whenever you discard a card, if it had madness, untap Angie. So this is just another way if Angie is in our graveyard or if it's in our hand and we don't want to cast it, we can cast Marcel, have it target it. Um, and now we have a different way to discard cards and draw cards if we want to just get things in the graveyard for Marcel. Angie's Ravenger. Two and a red, three, three, can't, or must attack each combat if able. Uh, when it attacks, just guard your hand and draw three cards. It also has madness, so good theme with that. Um, both of these pictures, I really wanted Angie to give you the feel of that countess that lives up on top of the hill. She has this weird, like, she since she has haste, she has this double image going with her, this movement of un inhuman speed that you kind of get from classic vampires. That's what I'm really going for with a lot of these. Angie's Ravenger, right in the picture, it has him devouring uh, another human. And that scene when you pull up on, on somebody, two people on the ground, you think they're injured. But when you really look at the scene, it's a man feasting on another man. So this is kind of a weirdly named card, but Blood Baron... This is two and a black, two, two. Sacrifice another creature. Blood Baron gets plus two, plus two until end of turn. This is a nice sacrifice effect, but it's also a vampire. The picture, the picture must be of a young, 
the picture must be of a young baron because it looks like a small child with blood and gore on their mouth and on their hands. And in the background, they're trailing away from what looks like a dead body. So I thought that was also a very nice horror trope. The the young kid that you wouldn't expect being the monster uh, is the monster here and being portrayed like that. Bloodline Keeper, two black black, two generic black black, three three flying. You tap it, you make a two two vampire creature token, and you can pay one in a black or one black, transform Bloodline Keeper into. I can't get it to transform. Oh my god. Please stop. There we go. Into Lord of the Lord of Lineage. Flying 5-5. Five, five. Other vampires you control get plus 2, plus 2 until end of turn. And you can tap to create a vampire creature token with flying. So just that, the now the male counterpart to our Angie Falconrath would be this very elegant looking man. He has, it looks like he has a full three-piece suit on. He definitely has some kind of medieval robe on when you transform him. But very suave looking man that, oh, yes, of course you can come into my castle. Why not? And spend the night. Um, and you turn around and he's a vampire. Cordial vampire. Black, black, one, one, vampire. Whenever cordial vampire or another creature dies, put a plus one, plus one counter on each vampire you control. So obviously a very strong creature. Just allows you to pump him if a creature dies or if any other creatures or any other vampires you have in play. The art is a man. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't have an upper half to his shirt. Or maybe he does and it's just really weirdly painted on him. But he's just wearing a vest, blood dripping down his shirt and like welcoming you in to a room that literally already has a dead person. Like, why would I want to come in this room with you? The flavor text is, please come in. Hors d'oeuvres, hors d'oeuvres are on the table. So I guess he's in, I guess you're a vampire and he's introducing you in. Uh, or he's just seducing you in and saying, here you go. That's fine. Don't worry about the dead man on the table. So the next one we have up is Carol Bloodsucker. So this made it onto a lot of people's lists for scarier, scariest to scary cards. Uh, Carol Bloodsucker is 2 and a black, 2-2 two, two, vampire. Whenever a creature you control with power 4 or greater dies, each opponent loses 2 life and you gain 2 life. 2, black, sacrifice a creature, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Carol Bloodsucker. So the picture is, I think they told me, or told me, huh, I think they told us that it was a uh, Japanese-style vampire like a jumping vampire, they would consider it. But if you look at it, it's literally a man's face on top of this monster's face with two, four fangs coming out of, in odd directions, upwards, and this long tongue coming out. Uh, when I looked at it and I got the art up really close, it was very <laughs> disturbing. The last vampire we have here is Olivia Voldaren, two red, black, three, three, flying, Vampire Legend, one in a red, Olivia Voldaren deals one damage to target creature. That creature becomes a vampire in addition to its other types. Put a plus one, plus one counter on Olivia Voldaren. Three, black, black, gain control of vampire, of target vampire for as long as you control Vol Olivia Voldaren. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm just remembering 
something about the art that the original art that they made fun of but uh, it's something to do with her legs, so if you're ever wondering about her legs. So this is also another depiction of the courtesan vampire from a lot of the stories that you read. She's also a really good, uh, has a really good ability for Marcel if you want to use it. Although, really for the most time, it would be every other turn you're stealing a creature. Uh, or you're just putting plus one, plus one counters on Marcel. Yep, she looks like she's having a ball of a time with blood in her glass and jumping up in the sky. Our next classic section that we're going to be going over is the witches section. Please have witchy clothes. Please have witchy clothes. Please have witchy clothes. Yes, 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 yes. So we have cards like Black Cat, one and a black, one, one. Whenever Black Cat dies, target opponent discards a card at random. Uh, every witch has their kind of familiar. Black Cats, very synonymous with uh, witches and Halloween. Bogboo rich Bogboo 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 Bra Bog Bog Brew Witch we got there. Uh three and a black, one three, human wizard, two, tap, search your library for a card named Festering Newt or Bubbling Cauldron, put it onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle your library. The hardest things the hardest thing is finding the right ingredients. Uh, this is a classic witch. The, bubble, the Bubbling Cauldron is the next card. Two colorless. Artifact. One tap. Sacrifice a creature. You gain four life. Uh, one tap. Sacrifice a creature named Festering Newt. Each opponent loses four life. You gain four life. Or, or you gain life equal to the life lost this way. So this is the older wording where you're actually going to be gaining... Upwards of twelve, upwards of twelve life, when you sacrifice the festering newt. Uh, we'll go over the festering newt, the next one. So, generic or er, a black, one one salamander. When festering newt dies, target creature an opponent controls gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. That creature gets minus four, minus four. Instead, if you control a creature named Bog Brew Witch, so. A good, decent removal spell can hit most cre or most commanders. Next up, we have Cauldron's Familiar. Should be pretty familiar with this from Standard. And I think this was the... No, the Oven, or Witch's Oven, I think, was banned. So, a black, 1-1, one, one, cat. When Cauldron Familiar enters the battlefield, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. Sacrifice a food, return Cauldron Familiar from your graveyard to the battlefield. And something that combos really well with that is Witch's Oven. One colorless artifact. Sacrifice a creature. Create a food token. If the sacrificed creature's toughness was four or greater, create two food tokens. And the flavor text is the wafting smells are both are both scrumptious and suspicious. So Witch's Oven, obviously a witch's somewhere that Hansel and Gretel could be falling into. But most of the time we're throwing the cat in the oven for some random reason. Kindly Stranger, two and a black, two, three, Delirium, it's a human, or they're a human, two and a black, Transform, Kindly Stranger, activate this ability only if you, if there are four or more card types among cards in your graveyard, and the backside is Demon Possessed Witch, uh, that is a scary witch, why follow, why follow the Kindly Woman in the dark woods anywhere? If it's not, back out the way you came. So, Human Shaman. 
When this creature transforms into demon-possessed witch, you may destroy target creature. So, and the flavor text is, I'm not afraid out there, for I know that a higher power protects me. It looks like you could use some protection from... You could, it looks like you could use some prote protection of your own is on the second slide. Uh, next card up in the witches section is Jar of Eyeballs. Three mana artifact. When a creature you control dies, put a put two, uh, two eyeball counters on Jar of Eyeballs. Three tap. Remove all eyeball counters from Jar of Eyeballs. Look at the top X cards of your library where X is the number of eyeball counters. <laughs> Remove this way. Put one of them into your hand and put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So a little bit of a card card advantage card. Uh, really, it's a jar of eyeballs, and I think it's hilarious that you put two eyeball counters on it when a creature you control dies. So, and the last card, and the last card in our witches section is Season of the Witch, black, 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 black. Uh, enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Season of the Witch unless you pay two life. At the beginning of the end step, destroy all untapped creatures that don't that didn't attack this turn except for creatures that cannot attack. So this is kind of a forceful way to make everybody kind of go mad and start attacking. The picture is very reminisc reminiscent of uh I can't I just watched the movie Abby Normal. No. Uh, it's a Netflix, or Netflix just has it out, because right now, me and my significant other are going through all of the Halloween movies that are kind of kiddish, more than horror-based. I'm not a big horror fan, but, oh, okay, so it was Paranorman. So right at the end of Paranorman, there's this scene where uh, the quote-unquote witch uh, manifests and comes in as this cloud of... Uh, nefarious faces and uh, scariness. And that's kind of what Season of the Witch is depicting here. It's kind of a cloud picture over top of a... I God, I love the dark art. But yeah, so. So that's our witches section. On to the next section. Uh, literally Frankenstein's monsters section. Dr. Frankenstein... Frankenstein. You're putting me on. No, it's pronounced Frankenstein. You must be Igor. No, it's pronounced Igor. So Frankenstein's monster will start off in this section uh, with Frankenstein's monster. X black black zero one. As Frankenstein's monster as Frankenstein's monster enters the battlefield, exile X creature cards from your graveyard. Oh, very thematic for Frankenstein's monster. If you can't, put Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster into its owner's graveyard instead onto the battlefield. For each creature card exiled this way, Frankenstein's monster enters the battlefield with a plus two, plus O, or plus one, plus one, or plus O, plus two counter on it. Uh, Frankenstein's monster, you gotta have it in a Halloween-themed deck. A few other uh, visions that I have for Frankenstein's monster. A lot of Innistrad and Dark Ascension did some things with these. So, Garolf's Mind Crusher. Four, blue, blue, zombie horror. Five, five, when 
Minecrusher enters the battlefield, target opponent or target player, sorry, puts the top five cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. It has Undying. When it dies, it comes back with a plus one, plus one counter on it. Uh, and if it were to go to the graveyard with a plus one, plus one counter, it doesn't come back. But if you look at this art, it's all of the Giralf and, like, I think they're called Stitchers are all basically a Frankenstein-esque version. If you look at them closely, they have stitch work through them. They are obviously different parts of different people and creatures. And I thought Drolf's Mind Crusher really has a good look of uh, that kind of... Or no, they're sorry, they're called Scabs. Because the next card we have up is Scab Ruination. One blue blue, five six, as an additional cost to casting Scabs Ruination. Exile the top... Or Exile three creature cards from your graveyard. So that's the theme. You're pulling back bodies from the graveyard. Flying. You may cast scrab, Scab Ruination from your graveyard. So if you look at this picture, it's obviously a drake stitched onto a human, stitched onto just whatever body parts they could find. So that's it for our Frankenstein monsters. Uh, let's go on to our mad scientists. So our Frankenstein. Are you saying that I put an abnormal brain into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla! What? Is that what you're telling me? Quick, quick, get up! So let's start off with Ludovic, Necro Alchemist, one blue red. Legendary creature, human, wizard. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player may draw a card if a player other than you lost life this turn. It has partner with, uh, and this is the ubiquitous partner with. You can just uh, have any type of partner if you want. Um, that doesn't require them to partner with certain people. How does one become a self-taught genius? Naturally, it requires brains. <laughs> Uh, and they are a 1-4. And then we have Ludovic's test subject. 1 blue, zero three 3 defender. 1 in a blue. Put a hatch counter on Ludovic's test subject. Then if there are 5 or more hatch counters on it, remove all, hatch, or remove all of them and transform into Ludovic's abomination. 13-13 trampler. So this is just the... Mad scientists tinkering with something that they probably shouldn't be, and it turns into this massive creature that they kind of lose control of when it comes time. And then there was one card I wanted to mention, uh, and it should be in the Frankenstein section, but uh, I put it next to the partner that would make most sense. Kramis Ludovic's Opus. Three blue-red, four-four, flying haste. When an opponent casts Zombie Horror, ha! Whenever an opponent casts his or her second spell each turn, draw a card. And the flavor text is, it lives, it lives. Uh, Ludovic's Necro, Ludovic Necro Alchemist. So obviously this is Ludovic's final monster. This would be his Frankenstein if we were going to use that name again. So there we go. Next we're going to go on to Ghosts. Because who doesn't like a good Charlie Brown? Gozarian. Good evening. 
As a duly designated representative of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you to cease any and all supernatural activity and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest convenient parallel dimension. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. We have Dungeon Geist, two blue blue, three three, spirit, flying. When Dungeon Geist enters the battlefield, tap target creature and opponent controls. That creature doesn't untap during their controller's next untap step for as long as you control Dungeon Geist. And the picture is depicting three spirits carrying a wrapped up man away, bound in chains. So I imagine they probably have to kill those Dungeon Geist before they get this man back to wherever they were going with him. Soul, Soul Caesar, Soul Caesar, Soul Caesar. <laughs> We're going to say that name like six times. Three, three, or three mana, or three generic blue, blue, one, three, flying. When Soul Caesar deals combat damage to a player, you may transform it. If you do, attach it to target creature that player controls. And the flip side is. Ghastly Haunting, Enchanted Creature, or Enchant Creature, it's an enchantment aura. You control Enchanted Creature. So this, this card I chose because it's a mind control, for one, and it's a depiction of, I would think, a mourning person and this kind of demonic spirit behind them creeping up, and then when you transform it, it's just that same person's neck, neck completely cracked, spun around, arms flailing, and the spirit taking them over. And the flavor text is, the body often twists and flails sporadically as the spirit explores its new home. So this is just showing you that this possession is not gentle, and they do not care about you. And then our last spirit is Uninvited Geist. Uninvited Geist. Two blue, two two. Flying spirit, Skulk. This creature can't be blocked by creatures with power greater. When Uninvited Geist deals combat damage to a player, transform it. Uh, the flavor text is a slow knock at midnight is the best is best left unanswered. Unimpeded Trespasser is the flip side. Creature spirit, 3-3. Three, three. Unimpeded Trespasser can't be blocked, obviously. Knocking was simply a formality. So this... I chose kind of for the grudge-esque monster spirit because if you look at it on the first side, it's a person wrapped up in rags with this long tendril arm reaching out to knock and hair kind of flowing out from underneath them. And then if you turn it around, it's just all of these arms coming out through the door and this long hair coming out from the from underneath the hood. So that's why I kind of chose this one. That and it's a 3-3 unblockable so then we have now this section's really small but i definitely needed to include them uh we have werewolves hey what are you werewolves up to we're not werewolves <laughs> we're why wolves uh why wolves creatures possessed by the spirit of inquiry and bloodlust what so with werewolves we have a Afflicted Deserter, Afflicted Deserter, three in a red, three two, Human Werewolf. At the beginning of your upkeep, if no spells were cast, last turn, transform Afflicted Deserter, Werewolf, five four. When this creature transforms into Werewolf Ransacker, 
you may destroy target artifact. If that artifact is put into the graveyard this way, Werewolf Ransacker deals 3 damage to that artifact's controller. Uh, and then at the beginning of your upkeep, if a player casts 2 or more spells, transform it back. And then the other one I chose was Handweir, Handwire Watchkeeper. 2 in a red, 1-5, Defender. Same with the Werewolf theme. And then Werewolf on the backside, 5-5. Five, five. Bane of... Handwear attacks each turn if able. At the beginning of your upkeep, if a uh, player casts two or more spells, you transform it back. So Handwear is going to come up a few times because uh, Handwear doesn't get a break. He, uh, and the flavor text is, he scanned for wolves, knowing that there's one he can never anticipate. And the backside, backside is, technically, he never left his post. He looks after the wolf whenever it goes or he looks after he looks after the wolf wherever it goes so i chose these two werewolves for the for the simple fact that obviously a lot of the good ones are in green the, these ones uh, afflicted deserter has a relevant effect when it transforms to destroy target artifact uh, one of the reasons i chose it and then handwear watchkeep just a really decent three mana five five if it flips uh, also a good defender and for the fact that I have a few handwire hand cards in here already. Another small section here, we have uh, quote-unquote killer. So the killer in every movie. Voodoo Mama Juju, explain your dalliance with the dark arts. It's not my fault. I was exposed to Harry Potter. I know you did it! I know she didn't do it. It's never the person you most suspect. It's also never the person you least suspect since anyone with half a brain would suspect them the most. Therefore, I know the killer to be Phyllis, a.k.a. Beatrix Bourbon, the person I most medium suspect. We have Uncle Istvan. One, black, black, black. One, three, human. Prevent all damage that would be dealt to Uncle Istvan by creatures... And Uncle Distavon has a flavor text of Solitude drove the old hermit insane. Now he only keeps company with those he can catch. The picture is a old man, shaved head, long beard, bloody axe, and a skull hanging from the bloody axe. I mean, that flavor text just tells you it all. He is the killer. He is the man that is going to sneak up behind you, be in every place that you can't reach. Or that you can reach to. Uh, you will never be able to hide. All you can do is run. <laughs> uh, and then and then we have Eldris the Binding Blade. Seven mana. Legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one plus oh. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player. Unattach Eldris the, Eldris the Binding Blade. Then transform it. It Equip cost is one. Those who grip its handle soon hear the demon's call. And on the backside, we have Wyangar's Unbound. Legendary creature, demon, flying, intimidate, trample. When a player loses the game, put 13 plus 1 plus 1 counters on this creature. It's a 13-13. There are not enough lives on Innistrad to satisfy his thirst for retribution. So I chose this card basically because it's the killer's knife. If you look on the front hand, it's a man's hand that was gripping it. Obviously, he's died, probably sacrificing himself, which wouldn't make much sense for the card. But there's blood on the blade. 
and then it turns into this demonic 1313 creature that's going to terrorize the entirety of the world. So it's just kind of either the sacrificial sacrificial knife that they use uh, in some of the horror movies, or it's the killer's knife, whatever you'd like to go with that. And then our last kind of creature section would be cosmic horror. What is it? Is it working? What did you see? Fiddleford? When gravity falls and Earth becomes sky, fear the beast with just one eye. Fiddleford, get a hold of yourself. You're not making any sense. This machine is dangerous. You'll bring about the end of the world with this. Destroy it before it destroys us all. I can't destroy this. It's my life's work. I fear we've unleashed a grave danger on the world, one I'd just as soon forget. I quit. Fine. I'll do it without you. I don't need you. I don't need anyone. What? Who said that? I was in over my head and feared I was losing my sanity. I needed help. Someone I could trust. So Cosmic Horror, we're going to start with, like I said, we have some more handwire hand cards. Handwire Garrison, two and a red, human soldier. Whenever Handwire Garrison attacks, put two 1-1 one, one red human creature tokens into the battlefield tapped and attacking. And it has meld. They are a, it is a 2-3. We are ready for anything. So this depicts kind of the village that doesn't want to let anybody in, kind of like the I Am Legend fortifications where they're just getting ready for anything that might come up on them. And then we have Handware Battlement. This is the battlements that they serve on. Handware Battlement is a land. Tap. Add one colors to your mana pool. Red and tap. Target creature gains haste until end of the turn. And then three red red tap. If you control both, if you... If you both own and control Handware Battlement and a creature named Handware Garrison, exile them and then meld them into Handware the Writhing Township. And Handware the Writhing Township is a 7-4 trample haste. When Handware the Writhing Township attacks, put two 3-2 colorless Eldrazi horror creature tokens into play tapped and attacking. And this, I mean, the whole narrative is played out between the two cards. So you have the Handware garrison and the handware battlement uh both are just this in town that's trying to keep outsiders out and something is lurking on the inside of this township anyways uh, and then when you find out on the backside is the entire township comes alive and it's basically all these human bodies melding with the landscape and rolling through and creating more horrors as it goes uh I love this card. I love all the meld cards, really, when it comes down to it. So that's all of our specific creature-themed cards. Now I'm just going to go on to one of our last sections here with the Halloween-themed cards. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. This is our town of Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Now, there's going to be some creatures in here, some some cards that just I thought were very Halloween-ish. Uh, we can start with the first one being All Hallows Eve, two, two black black sorcery. Exile All Hallows Eve with two scream counters on it. So it's kind of a suspend before suspend. At the beginning of your upkeep, if All Hallows Eve is exiled with a scream counter on it, remove a scream counter from it. If <laughs> a scream counter. If there are... 
No more scream counters on it. Put it into the, your graveyard, and each player returns all creature cards from their graveyard to the battlefield. All Hallows' Eve, a card I've loved since I started playing Magic, along with Staying Power. I love the art. I love the, the theme behind it. Not a really good reanimation spell, but a very fun reanimation spell. Very expensive, being... We'll get into that. Uh, but I'm so glad I picked up one of these. Just such a good themed card. And along with that, its counterpart being a much better card in Living End. Living End is three black black sorcery. Each player exiles all car all creature cards from his or her graveyard, then sacrifices all creatures he or she controls, then puts all creatures he or she controls that were exiled this way onto the battlefield. Just a better version of it, also a type of Wrath that we can play, which is really good, and a reanimation target seeing that we have 34 creatures, I believe. Army of the Damned, 5 black 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 <laughs> sorcery, create 13, a lot of 13s if you've noticed. I hope I can get 13 13s in here. Uh, create 13 2 2 tapped zombie creature tokens, has flashback for 7, black black black. And flashback just means you can cast it from your graveyard. Sometimes death comes knocking. Sometimes it tears down the walls. Then we have Blasphemous Act. Uh, and obviously, Army of the Damned is just that depiction of the end times. Uh, zombies coming through the walls. You can't stop them. This is the end. Blasphemous Act. Uh, eight in a red. Sorcery. The spell costs one last for each creature. On the battlefield, Blasphemous Act deals 13 damage to each creature. Holy places are... No longer sanctuaries for the dead, and death is no longer sanctuary for anything. Thalia, Night Cathar. So, Blasphemous Act, I really liked as a depiction of it's the beginning of the movie, you're walking into this scene, everybody is dead. You don't know why, this could be the past, a flashback, but something terrible happened in this place, and you don't know what. But you know it was bad. <clears throat> then I am playing Blood Moon. You don't have to play Blood Moon, obviously, because it's not the greatest of cards in a three-color deck, and there are some themed cards. But Blood Moon, I thought, fit the theme. Two in a red, enchantment, non-basic lands are mountains. Heavy light flooded across the landscape, clocking, or cloaking everything in a deep crimson. So just obviously, when you look up, that ominous moon, something bad is happening this night, and you don't know what, but it's about to happen. Creepy Doll, obviously, Bride of Chucky, Chucky, all those types of creepy dolls. Five mana, artifact creature, construct. Creepy Doll is indestructible. Whenever Creepy Doll deals combat damage to a player, flip a coin. If you win that flip, destroy target creature. Uh, it is a 1-1. One, one. A child's... A child's porcelain doll went missing one night, as did a pair of kitchen shears and the town's magistrate. So the murderous doll, the child's toy, anything like that is depicted in Creepy Doll here. Dance of the Dead, one in a black. Enchantment Aura, enchanted creature, enchant creature card in a graveyard when Dance of the Dead enters the battlefield. If it's on the battlefield, it loses... Enchant creature in a graveyard. Oh my goodness. And gains enchanted creature put onto the battlefield with Dance of the Dead. 
Put enchanted creature onto the battlefield tapped under your control and attach Dance of the Dead to it. When Dance of the Dead leaves the battlefield, this creature's controller sacrifices it. Oh my gosh. And that's not even the end. Enchanted creature gets plus one plus one and doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. At the beginning of the upkeep of enchanted creature's controller, that player puts a or may pay one in a black if that player does untap it. So all it does is put a creature from the graveyard into play and it doesn't untap and it comes into play tapped with a and it's plus one plus one and you can pay one in a black during your upkeep to untap it. I don't know why. It, it must have to be that wordy. But Dance of the Dead, a time for the dead to come back is Halloween. Now, I thought it would be really bad if I didn't include one of these creatures. Uh, Festering Mummy. One black, one one, zombie. When Festering Mummy dies, you may put a minus one, minus one counter on target creature. Uh, flavor text. As its putrid flesh withered away, its mangled hunger grew. So I, the classic zom or the classic mummy, I really thought needed to be a part of this in some way. Uh, obviously, there are there is the classic mummy card, which is just not very good. Uh, and festering mummy is just this one one that kind of gives you this upside. So I thought I'd include this one. Haunting Wind, three and a black, enchantment. Whenever an artifact comes into play tapped, or or whenever an artifact becomes tapped, or a player activates an artifact ability without tapping, activates an artifact's ability without tap in the activated cost, Haunted, Wheel, Haunted Wind deals one damage to that artifact's controller. So I'm pretty sure this keeps us away from any of our mana rocks dealing damage to us, but it also kind of gives you a way to keep other people from activating artifacts that don't have tap abilities multiple times. Uh, but Haunted Win, obviously this depiction of a haunting of a mystical artifact. Um, and I thought it really needs inclusion in a Halloween scene deck. Next card up, not the greatest of cards, but also definitely on flavor. Headless Horseman, two in a black, two, two. Summon Horseman. So it's also a night zombie, if that makes a difference. The ghost rid forth to the scene of battle in nightly quest of his head. Not nightly as in night. He sometimes passed along the hollow like a midnight blast. Washington Irvin, Irving, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. So literally pulling right from Sleepy Hollow. Mayor's Gargoyle. Five mana, four, four. Artifact uh, Golem, or Golem, <laughs> Gargoyle, Defending, Mayor's Gargoyle is indestructible as long as it has Defender, pay one until end of turn, it loses Defender and gains Flying, nothing could break it but the fall. Uh, gargoyles, I looked up classic themed monsters, and I guess Gargoyles were one of the classic themed monsters. Speaking of a classic themed monster, we have Midnight Banshee, three black black black, five five. Creature Spirit, Wither, this Wither is an activated ability, or not an activated ability, is an ability. This deals damage to creatures in the form of minus one, minus one counters. At the beginning of your upkeep, put a minus one, minus one counter on each non-black creature. Many have heard the beginning of its low 
sustained shriek, but few the end. So have to have a Banshee in a Halloween-themed deck. It's also another spirit. I guess it could have gone under ghosts, but I decided to put it under spirits. And now I'm playing Rakdos Guildmage, hybrid black-red, hybrid black-red, 2-2, two, two, zombie shaman, 3 Three in a black, discard a card, target creature gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. Three in a red, create a two-two or a two-one red goblin creature token with haste. Exile it at the beginning of the next end step. I chose this specific creature for the art. It really reminds me of the creepy clown. I was looking for like creepy clowns. Uh Rakdos Guildmage, I thought, really took the cake in that sh- razor sharp mask and the long, like horned hair. I don't know. It really if you have a better idea for a creepy clown, I'd love to hear it. But I thought that really did uh, the creepy clown justice. Sin Prodder, two and a red, three, two, menace, devil creature. At the beginning of your upkeep, reveal the top card of your library. An opponent may have you put that card into the graveyard. If that player does, Sin Prodder deals damage to that player equal to the converted mana cost. Otherwise, put it into your hand. Uh, had to have a devil. Uh, there might be better devils, but if you can think of one, let me know. Uh, I know there are a couple better devils, but I really like Sin Prodder. Tamio's Journal. Now, I know this is an odd include, but let me read it out real quick. Five mana legendary artifact at the beginning of your upkeep, investigate, which means you put a token into play, a clue token into play, and the clue token has sacrifice. Target artifact, draw a card. You can tap, sacrifice three clues, search your library for a card, and put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. Entry three or four three four. There's more to Avison's Madness. So I really like Tamio's journal as that piece that our hero or the murder victim or somebody is going to pick up along the way, kind of giving you hints and clues to what's going on in the story, but not really telling you fully what you're in for. Uh, And I wanted something to depict that. I thought Tamio's journal did a really good job on doing that. To the Slaughter. Two and a black, instant, target player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker if you have delirium. Instead, that player sacrifices a creature and a planeswalker. Where has that little gossamer gone? Gossamer? Oh, where has that little gossamer gone? Uh, and it's depiction of a some kind of monster about to eat a poor little lamb. Uh, and I thought to the slaughter, there's just as that depiction of uh, anybody going to slaughter. And then we have a hangman's tree in Tree of Pedition. Three black, zero thirteen plant, defender, exchange, target uh, opponent's life total with Tree of Perdition's toughness. There will be no absolutions. So Tree of Perdition uh, works well with Mercil. You can make people's life total four instead of 13 if you'd like to do that. Uh, it's also just, if you look at the art, there's already people hanging from Tree of Perdition. Uh, And this is just another scene that you come up on in horror movies. Uh, People dead, hanging. All right, next card is Triskodecophobia. 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 Which is three and a black enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, choose one. Each player exiles 
or each player with exactly 13 life loses the game. Then each player gains a life. And then it has another one. Each player with exactly 13 life loses the game. Then each player loses a life. So Triskaidekaphobia is obviously the fear of the number 13. If you look in to the picture, there are 13 blood splatters. There are 13 uh, knives on the wall. A lot of different 13s inside of Triskaidekaphobia. Uh, and we have a lot of 13s in our deck. So Victim of Night. Black, black, instant, destroy target, non-vampire, non-werewolf, non-zombie creature. Do not touch a drop. Not yet. I want to watch this so-called slayer, Last Cries of Faith. Olivia Voldaren. So this is just the hero dying or somebody being killed and just blood splatter all over the wall, blood all over the ground. They are obviously not living for much longer than that. And the last card in our Halloween-themed section would be Wishclaw Talisman. One in a black artifact. Wishclaw Talisman enters the battlefield with three wish counters on it. One tap, remove a wish counter from Wishclaw's Talisman, search your library for a card, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. An opponent gains control of Wishclaw's Talisman. Activate this ability only during your turn. So this is Magic's theme of the monkey paw, where when you're making a wish something bad from that wish is going to happen. And the bad thing that's going to happen from this is you're going to give somebody else a wish. And then hopefully they will give it back to you. And now I think if you do... There, I don't think there's a way to get the wish counters on Myrcel. So you can't ever actually actually activate this, I believe, with Myrcel, but... At least it's a decent tutor. I like playing this card. There's always somebody that will is willing to give you two tutors uh, if you give them one. So always look out for that. Oh my goodness. I did not finish Cosmic Horror. So I have two last cards in Cosmic Horror. We have Brain Maggot. One in a black. One, one. Enchanted Creature Insect. When Brain Maggot enters the battlefield, target opponent reveals a his or her hand, and you choose a non-land card from it. Exile that card until Brain Maggot leaves the battlefield. So Brain Maggot has a promo art. I mean, the regular art is also extremely gross, uh, but the promo art is a maggot literally leaving someone's head, uh, and it's just a disgusting card. Uh, and then the last card in Cosmic Horror would be the big bad, the Emrakul, the Promised End, 13-13, for 13. Aha, we're going to get there with all our 13s. Legendary creature Eldrazi. Emrakul the Promised End costs one less to cast for each creature or for each card type uh, among cards in your graveyard. When you cast Emrakul, you gain control of target opponent's turn, player's next turn. After that turn, that player takes an extra turn. Flying, trample, protection from instances. An enigma as vast as life itself. And that was all of our Cosmic Car. And that was all of our Halloween-themed cards. Uh, the, la the last few here, I'm going to go over our land base. You can take a look at the sample land base that I have in here. Some of the cards that are Halloween-themed, Blood Crypt, when you're going down into that crypt and everybody's dead and it's just blood splatter everywhere. Uh, Forbidden Orchard. That orchard, I think if you watch season one of Supernatural, there's a scene where... There's something to do with an orchard, and if they don't sacrifice travelers to the harvest god, 
the forbid the orchard will die and wither. Gyre Reach Sanitarium, legendary land, tap, add one colorless, or tap or two and tap. Each player draws a card and then discards cards. Uh, and it says all are welcome. This is that creepy creepy sanitarium that you're going to go into like oh are they actually going to help me or are they going to kill me we're going to find out when we get in there ghost quarter uh, a town completely invaded by ghosts obviously it taps to add one colorless or tap sacrifice it destroy target land its controller may search their library for a basic and put it onto the battlefield and then shuffle their library graving karens is a little bit scary it's a little bit funny Sulphur Springs. Now there's a Sulphur Springs with a demon in it, if you play that, uh, whatever edition that is. Sunken Ruins, Underground Sea, Watery Grave, and then uh, Westville Abbey. Westville Abbey is land. Tap, add one colors to your mana pool. Pay five, tap, pay one life. Put a 1-1 white and black human cleric creature token onto the battlefield. Five, tap, sacrifice five creatures. Transform Westville Abbey and untap it. It transforms into Ormondal, Profane Prince. Legendary creature, demon, lifelink, flying, indestructible, haste. With Grizzlebrand gone, the Scroot Drags earned, eagerly awaited another demon to claim their, or to claim their devotion. Ormondal did not make them wait long. And uh, Ormondal is a 9-7. So this is just the place where all the cult members would join up and sacrifice themselves to create a demon uh, that takes over the world. Everything kind of like that. So those are all of our lands. Uh, our artifacts here, I'm just going to go over them real quick. Arcane Sanctum, or Arcane Signet, sorry. Chromatic Lantern, Demir Signet, Izzet Signet, Mindstone, Rakdos Signet. Soul Ring, Talisman of Creativity, Talisman of Dominance, and Talisman of Indulgence. So just all of our ramp package there. We got 10 of those. Uh, all right. Well, with that, that's our entire deck list. I want to say thank you. We're going to be going on to the next section, which would be the gameplay of this deck. So I will see you there. Woodsman, I knew you would come. I have something for you. Oh. 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 What have you done? Why, I've given you another Edelwood. No! He will burn nicely in the lantern. No! I won't do this! You've been grinding up lost souls for years! I didn't know! I didn't know this is where the Edelwood trees came from! And would it have mattered? Would you have just let your daughter's spirit burn out forever? Feed the lantern. No. I suppose after all these years, you just don't care for her anymore. Hold your tongue or I'll remove it from your mouth! I do not speak of my daughter. She would not wish this. Let's get you free. I only wish to help you, woodsman. You need oil, or else your daughter will... I told you to hold your tongue! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody, and we're welcome back to this. So our going to be going over a little bit of how this deck will play, a little bit of the color, the amount of creatures we have. So when it comes to creatures, we are very creature heavy, which is good because we have cards like Living End and All Hallows Eve. We are playing 36 creatures. We're playing 18 enchantments, 10 of those being our mana ramp spells, which is where we want to be at. 
Uh, 37 lands. Now that's a little low. You could add one more land. There are some flip, some of the modal lands you can add too if you want to have a little more versatility. Enchantments 6, Instances 2, and Sorceries 5. We are mostly black, having, having 42 different black cards. Uh, 12 red and 9 blue. So that's why a lot of our lands are going to be the ones that create black when it comes down to it. Our average converted mana cost is 3.42, so a little bit high, but we are playing a total of uh, 18 two-mana spells, which would be all of our artifacts for the most part. And then we're playing 17 three-mana spells. So we're right in that range uh, that we want to be in. Maybe our four drops are a little high, uh, but for the most part, not too bad. I am one card over right now. You can take it out if you want to. Oh, wow. How did I miss that card? I have to go back. We have to go back. We have to go back. So the one card I didn't mention, and it doesn't really go with the theme of the deck too much, so it's up to you if you want to play something like this. Uh, Startled Awake. Two blue-blue sorcery target opponent puts the top 13 cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. And then you can pay three blue-blue, put Startled Wake from your graveyard onto the battlefield, transform, activate this ability uh, only anytime you could activate a sorcery. And then it transforms into Persistent Nightmare. Oh god, what a good art. Uh, creature Nightmare, Skulk, can't be blocked by creatures with greater power than it. When Persistent Nightmare deals damage, deals combat damage to a player, return it to your hand. So, and then the flavor text is, this seems so real. Uh, so now, Startled Awake obviously doesn't have a whole lot to do with the deck. It's not anything that great. We're not going to be really milling anybody out. So that's why I didn't mention it in the card section. Uh, but it's so, it's basically a haunting scenario. It's this child over somebody's bed. It probably might be his mother's. And then when you turn around, it's the child. Fully almost corporeal in this ghostly form with a blade in his hand. And the woman's back turned. Uh, so I thought it was just such a flavor win when it came to that. But really, the mill ability is so not needed. Um, one of the reasons our converted mana cost is probably so high is that we're playing Emmercruel, The Promise End. Uh, being 13 but really for the most part you're not going to be paying 13 you might end up playing 10 or if you're lucky maybe eight like that if you'd like um with things like angie we can start reducing those costs i tried to play a lot of the cards that are good on their own so like olivia valdarin uh angie falconrath angie's avenger um scabruinade Scabruination, Handware Garrison. I tried to play a lot of these cards because if I were to go with like a tribal theme on all of the sections, you really couldn't get a cohesive tribal theme going because there are a lot of vampires that pump themselves. There's a lot of zombies that pump themselves and pump other zombies. Same with ghosts, uh, which is not so much, which is are kind of cool like that. They're kind of just good. Uh, and then the werewolves are obviously also good with other werewolves and certain cards that support werewolves. So a lot of the cards I went with really are just good on their own. Ludovic Test Subject, uh, things like that. So really it's just a hodgepodge of cards. We do have a couple Wrath spells in Blasphemous Act and 
a pseudo wrath in living end but for the most part it's really just to show off the theme some game enders in army of the damned uh bloodline keeper is really good in generating tokens we do have a couple draw effects uh and some recursion effects with like uh witch's oven and cauldron familiar to gain some life but hopefully if you play this deck you can just get out those big beaters and get out some of the Halloween-themed cards and see how they do. But with that, let's go on to the budget section. A fire extinguisher against the fires of the underworld, eh? <laughs> Pretty good plan, short man. I think you set us up, Grandpa. Well, at least you weren't bored, were you? There is no haunted train. Well, now I didn't say that. Sometimes late at night, you can hear the whistle wail with a spooky screechy sound, like a wheel gone off the rail. And up in the smoky clouds, you can almost recognize the ghost of a crazy engineer with fire eyes. So with the buzz, buzz it. With the budget section, this deck comes in at $950.51. So, <laughs> a lot of that price, if we if we took out All Hollows Eve, we go down... If it's taking the Card Kingdom, we go, by, we go down by $500. If it's taking the TCG player thing, or price, we go down by $260. So, no matter what, you're cutting off a huge chunk of change there. Uh, that's mostly where the money comes from. Also, our land base. You don't have to use this kind of land base if you have stuff like this. It's also coming in at $156, so it's not really worth mentioning both of those. Besides those two big expenditures, uh, a couple of the more expensive ones would be things like uh, Bloodline Keeper being $14.99, a little expensive. Some of the talismans, some of the old talismans are kind of expensive. Um, talisman of indulgence and talisman of domination being like $10. Obviously, you can run different mana rocks if you'd like to. Uh, Ludovic Necro Alchemist is about $7 as well. I have a feeling those partners are going to get reprinted in the new Commander Legends. Uh, so I would wait on stuff like that. It's weird that Frankenstein's monster is coming in at $10. I wonder if that's true. You can buy heavily played for $2, so I wouldn't worry about that. So I think these price ranges are a little off. We're probably somewhere around the $300 range, uh, except for like things like All Hallows' Eve being a reserve list card. Obviously, you're not going to get it at a cheap price, but if you can, you can pick up reserve list cards if you'd like. I just really like that one because it's themed. So, all right. So with that, Let's get on to the last section, our end show notes. Uh, what do you think, Marge? All I need is a title. I was thinking along the lines of no TV and no beer make Homer something something. Go crazy? Don't mind if I do! <laughs> 
So I just want to say thank you to everybody. Uh, I've always wanted to build a Halloween-themed deck. I'm super excited that I did. I, If you have your own Halloween-themed EDH deck, show it to me. If it's strictly a vampire or strictly a zombie-themed deck, that's great. There's so many, like, Endless Ranks of the Dead and Zombie Apocalypse that really also give that theme, but I didn't want to go that route because that's not really Halloween-y to me. That's more if I wanted to do an end-of-the-world apocalypse-themed deck. Uh, being like zombie themes and being in red for like jackal hops and stuff like that. Just the end of everything. But I really like how this kind of came out. I would love to know how you guys would build a Halloween themed deck. So make sure to tweet at me at WolfieMTG on Twitter. Or uh, I do do some posts on there. Sometimes polls. Sometimes things like that. You can interact with me there. Or you can email me at wolfystar12 at gmail.com uh, with deck lists, with suggestions, if you have any kind of notes that you want to put in or any themes you think I should do. I have plenty of ideas still, so don't worry about that. I want to say thank you and hopefully get a guest at some point. I think this is going to be a reoccurring joke where I'm always going to be getting a guest, quote unquote, but never really get one. Maybe I'm my own guest. So, well... Anyways, keep it casual and keep it thematic. Thank you and goodbye. Spooky, scary skeletons and shivers down your spine. Shrieking skulls will shock your soul and seal your doom tonight. Spooky, scary skeletons speak with such a screech. You'll shake and shudder in surprise when you hear these zombies shriek. We're so sorry, skeletons, you're so misunderstood. You only want to socialize. This would help, this would help, this would help, this would help, this would help. Hello, hello. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thematic Commander. This week, we're going over our Halloween episode. So, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Thematic Commander. This week, we're going to be going over... Wow. Wow. Today. This is crazy. Everything.